This is the Axiom Youth Podcast. So far, we've had a lot of good response and great feedback. We really appreciate you guys and all your support. This next episode is entitled Leadership, and it's taught by Hannah Valerie. She read a book called How to Lead When You're Not in Charge, and this is what she took from it and what her lesson will be about. Thank you again for all your support. We appreciate it. But it really has been something that's been on my heart. And um, I'm just going to let y'all know that I did take a lot of stuff in my notes from a book that I read. And um, I thought that it was very relevant to where we are at as a youth group and where specifically I am as well. Because remember, whenever we get up here and we teach, it's not that we're just telling you what to do. It's something that God has placed on our heart that's also for us. And sometimes, you know, it may, may be something that we're saying that is more relevant to a young person rather than to us. But this m- lesson that I'm teaching is 100% for me as well. So I'm not coming to you and telling you you should do this whenever I'm saying that it shouldn't be for me as well. It is for me. So the book that I read, just so you all have some context, was called How to Lead When You're Not in Charge. And it, it is kind of a book that is more, um, the, the man who wrote it is a Christian, and he is very open about that, but he's also talking about leading in your job. So I'm going to not use that aspect of the book, but the premise of the book is very good, and I think that it can help each one of us. So who in here feels like they are a leader? Oh, my. Okay, that's good tries to be. Don't don't be afraid. Raise your hand if you think you're a leader. Or raise your hand if you want to be a leader. Yeah, that should be every single one of us. I want to be a leader. Now, Sister Alice said something a couple weeks ago that actually really stuck out to me. She was talking about her Sunday school kids, but she said that so many of our decisions are made for us at your age. You know, y'all don't necessarily... Maybe you get to pick out your own clothes when your mom and dad buy them for you, but they buy them for you, and it's ultimately their decision on what you wear, what you're allowed to wear, what you're allowed to do, and if you're allowed to have a phone. All that stuff is, those decisions are kind of made for you. But I think that we sometimes pass by and we say, since all these decisions are being made for me, that I'm not going to take charge. I'm not going to do anything to lead myself. So I'm talking about leadership today, and I have five points, and I have slides, but you can click to my, my first one. That's my first slide, leadership. I have five points, okay? Um, the slides, I, I don't want them to be to distract you. You don't have to necessarily write everything down on them, but the title of each slide is going to be my five points. And these five points, I think, will lead you to godly leadership if you implement them in your life and understand them grasp them with your whole heart. So my first point is, you can flip to that slide. Your title or position does not make you a leader. That is first and foremost, the first thing that we have to understand that having a title or position in the church does not make you a leader. I want to go to Daniel. I'm sorry. Okay. Okay. Um, the book of Daniel has um, really been stuck, sticking out in my heart 
because it's just very interesting. There's a lot going on in the book of Daniel. And the part that I'm reading from in Daniel is Daniel was a captive. Did y'all, y'all know that? He was, Nebuchadnezzar had come in and taken over Jerusalem and Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Y'all remember those names, right? They were all taken captive. So just remember that in the midst of what Daniel is doing, he's actually a captive. He's not, he's not just a free man. So verse 19 of chapter 2, it says, Then was the secret revealed unto Daniel in a night vision. Then Daniel blessed the God of heaven. So the context of that is that Nebuchadnezzar had a dream. Do you all know this story? where he had a dream, and he wanted someone to come and interpret the dream. But to make it even harder, he told them, I'm not going to tell you what my dream is. You have to tell me what my dream is and tell me the interpretation. No, no one could do that. None of the, they call them magicians, astrologers, sorcerers, Chaldeans, none of them could do that because they were they were men. They were They were flesh. They couldn't. They couldn't live up to that. So Daniel goes and tells his buddies, hey, this is what the king is wanting. He's going to kill all of us wise men if we don't deliver. So I'm sure he goes to God. You know, this it just says that the secret was vi- revealed unto Daniel in a night vision. But the only way that can happen is if he was in connection with God. So God gave him this night vision, and he immediately thanked God for it. So later on, In verse 47, the king answered unto Daniel and said, Of a truth it is that your God is a God of gods and a Lord of kings and a a revealer of secrets, seeing thou couldst reveal this secret. Then the king made Daniel a great man and gave him many gifts and made him ruler over the whole province of Babylon and chief of the governors over all the wise men of Babylon. So notice that Daniel didn't have to he didn't have to step up to the plate. He didn't have to, to do any of that, but he did. And God rewarded him for that because not only did he not have to die, because he would have, but the king gave him a position, gave him a title, gave him authority, as we would often say. But it wasn't because, or it wasn't until he got a title or position that he decided, hey, I can lead now because I have a title. I have I have place to lead. So that was very interesting to me because I, I kind of like that to I liken that to people that we see at NAYC. Do y'all remember going to NAYC? Who 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 was there? Yeah, a lot of us were. And actually this picture on the back of my slide, do y'all do y'all know who that is? That's from NAYC. Anthony Tremble is who that is. He was one of the singers. Um, but we see their ministry. They're up there. They're praise singing. They're leading in worship. They're preaching. But we don't realize all of the effort that's went behind that. We don't see every time that they gave something up, that they fasted, that they prayed. We don't see all that because this is the front of their ministry, what's in front of us that we can see. But we haven't seen all the sacrifices that they can, they've made. And Anthony Trimble didn't start off singing it in AYC. He started off probably singing a special in his church once a month or something like that. And he just worked his way up. And that's what we need to be because one day you guys are going to be there. 
I don't know if you guys realize that, but you are not going to stay a young person forever. You are not going to just stay where you're at. You're going to become missionaries. You're going to become preachers, and you have to prepare for that right now because the the reputation that you're building right now will follow you. It will follow you to when you're a pastor. The decisions that you're making today are affecting the type of pastor, the type of leader that you're going to be in five years, ten years, forty years, whenever you're a missionary. They will be following you. So my second point, let's move on. You are a leader. I know a lot of you did not raise your hands when I asked you if you thought you were a leader, but you are. Every day you get up and you make decisions, right? What type of decisions do y'all make when you get up every morning? What's the first decision you make, Brianna? Should I go back to sleep? <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. Olivia. What to wear? Okay, what to wear. She decides what to wear. Nadia, once you are have finished your morning routine and you're at school, what's a decision you make at school? Should I actually do my work? That's a very good point. Should she actually do her work? So these are decisions that we make kind of automatically. We, you know, we get up, we brush our teeth because that's probably a good decision to brush our teeth and put on some shoes because we don't want to walk barefoot, put on some clothes that are appropriate for school, and we go on about our day. But what we don't realize is that each one of those small decisions that you're making are making you a leader because people are watching you. I think that's one of, that's my last point up there. Even when you don't think that they're watching you, they are. Every time, uh, I know we've probably beat this dead horse when we say, if someone is telling a dirty joke and you don't laugh, they notice. Yeah, they may make fun of you, but they notice that you're different. You standing up for those decisions makes you a leader. And I think that it was Brother Jared who said this. He said that you will, you will stand for something, or you will be used. That's what it was. You will be used one way or another, whether it's good or bad. You will be a leader just like that. You'll be a leader one way or another. You'll either lead people down a path that is destructive or that is turning them into not such a good person, or you're going to be the type of leader that leads them to be a godly person. And that's what ultimately we should be striving to be, is leadership, no matter where you are, should be about God. When I'm at my job, leadership should be about God. When you're at school, leadership should be about God, because ultimately it's not to make us look good. It's about God. We want all the glory to be to God. And, you know, the reason I was feeling that this, this lesson or this topic of this book was so relevant to our young people is because you're in such a questionable period of your life. Am I going to college? And Where am I going to college? And you don't – I've been there, and it wasn't very long ago. And I just – I remember the uncertainty of my life. Because I felt like 
I wanted to be a leader. I wanted to be someone that younger kids could look up to. And that's, I've had that mindset my whole life, but I didn't exactly know how to accomplish that. Because we're not, we're not really taught how to lead. Sometimes it comes natural, and then, I mean, sometimes you can go to, like, leadership conferences, or you can read books on leadership, but ultimately, it's not, you have to have experience, and you have to try. You have to get out there, and you have to try, and just remember that when you're trying, that every action that you take is influencing someone to do what you're doing, because there's someone who looks up to you. You may not know who it is, but Brianna, there's someone who looks up to you. Whether it's your, your little cousins, they probably look up to you. You know, Gage, there's someone who looks up to you. And every action that you're taking is leading them toward being like you. My third point, I think, is my second most important point, even though it's listed as number three. Leadership looks like submission. I feel like I could just quit after saying that sentence. But what I mean by that is that normally when we look at a leader, we exalt them. We exalt them up. And we say, this is our leader. We honor our leader. And that's great. We should honor our leaders. But we're lifting our leaders up to on a pedestal. And, like, they're right here and we're down here. But in reality, submission is key to leadership we have to say God I need you because it's not me who's able to do any of this like I'm just gonna be very honest with you guys this morning I feel very inadequate on playing the piano or leading that song but every single time I get up there I'm reminded that it's not me and I've practiced. You guys don't know how much I've practiced. But it wasn't me. It was God. And I need him every single time that I get up here to teach or to play or whatever we're doing. I need him. And I have to submit myself. I have to submit everything that I've practiced, all the effort that I've put in. I have to lay it down and say, God, I've done this for you. Everything that I've been doing is for you. I submit my life to you, Jesus. Now, I have a verse that I want to read. It's Philippians 2, 7 and 8. Am I doing that to the mic? Okay. It says, But made himself of no reputation, and took upon him the form of a servant, and was made in the likeliness of men. This is talking about Jesus. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even death at the cross. So really the key word to me in this verse was, it was in verse 7. It says, he took upon him the form of a servant. And so many times we, we think of the word servant as someone who is just, you know, lowly. You know, oh, they're my servant. They have to do what I say. But it, Jesus is teaching us to be a servant because he honestly did. That, that's the, the form that he took on was a servant. He came here to die on a cross for us. So we didn't have to suffer that. So why, if I'm trying to be a leader, would I want to exalt myself and take on something that even our God wouldn't even take on? 
he came here as a servant. And so leadership, not only should it be, I'm sorry, it should be about serving and loving others. Serving equals loving people. And loving people equals leading them and not tearing them down. That was the point that I was wanting to make is that we don't, we shouldn't want to tear others down. Like if I want to become the next greatest soprano, which is not going to happen, I'm not going to go tear down McKenna because she's already a great soprano so that it can make me look like a better soprano. Just so you all know, for those of you who don't know, I'm not a soprano. But if I was going to try, I w- maybe I would say, oh, if I can make McKenna look bad, maybe if I can mess her up, maybe it'll make me look better. That's not leading. What we have to do is that say, McKenna, you're a great soprano. I wish that I could be like you, but then realize I can't hit those notes. So I'll be like, okay, I'll be an alto, and I'll do whatever the Lord wants me to do. Say, God, just use me in what I am able to do. Because ultimately, everything that you are talented at and that you're able to do, you didn't do it on your own. God gave that to you. When he created you, when he formed you, he gave that to you. So each one of you who have an ability, it was crafted just for you, specifically just for you. And he wants you to use that to your fullest potential, not just throw it by the wayside or rely on it but recognize that who gave it to you, and that's what's important. I want one volunteer. I need a volunteer who is a, who wants to be a leader, who thinks that they have what it takes to be a leader, to 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 tell people what to do, boss them around, maybe. Who who's got that ability? Come on, raise your hands. Okay. I'm gonna need more than one anyway. So, Gage, I want you first. What's your name? I'm sorry. Braden. Okay, Braden. Actually, all four of you guys that have your hands raised, come here. Okay. So, to make, to make my point, we're going to have our trusted boss right here. He's our, our boss for today, okay? You're, you're the boss. Okay, can you go sit in the boss chair? Thank you. Okay, you're going to be over here. You're going to be one of his, um, we'll call it, for the lack of a better word, subordinates. Okay, he's the boss. You're the subordinates. Okay, Mr. Boss. These are your subordinates. You have five of them, right? Okay. Act like act like you own the chair. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, let let it sink and, and just just own the chair. Like, okay. Okay. See, he's the boss. Okay. Since you're the boss, you get to tell them what to do, right? Okay. So communicate to these guys something that you want them to accomplish right now. Like, any, it could be anything. It could be um, jumping on their feet or, like, jumping on one foot. It could be anything silly. Now, realize that this is going to be a silly example because, obviously, he's not a boss and there's not work for them to do. So just create a task and communicate to them what you want. You touch your nose and turn around. Communicate off the 
Okay, y'all do it. Come on. He said, get him some coffee. Go get him some coffee. All right, how does that make you feel, being the boss? Power. power. Oh, that's a good word, power. Okay, he has power. What how, what's, what does that make you guys feel as subordinates? Eh, you're dizzy? Okay, okay, you can stop. Okay, I want you to try another method. I want you to make them all do the same thing, but instead of telling them what to do, come down here and show them what you want them to do. All right, everybody touch your shoulders. There we go. <laughs> okay, good job. Give everybody a hand. Y'all can have a seat. Y'all can have a seat. Okay. <laughs> so to the guys who were subordinates, to you, to young ladies who are subordinates and young men, how did that make y'all feel whenever he was bossing you around? Okay, it made her feel dizzy. And how did it make you feel? Sad? Yeah, because why? He was just telling you what to do without any care about how you felt, right? Yeah, and how did that make you feel, Nadia? I don't know, really. I don't know, just, just kind of meh. Okay, now what about whenever he came down here and was working with you guys to accomplish something, which obviously it was something silly like touching your shoulders and standing on one foot. But how did it make you feel whenever he was willing to come down here and work with you to do it? Yeah, yeah it made you feel more equal because he was not in his Mr. Bossman chair. He came down here to do it with you guys. So that's the kind of leadership that we should be all about, is we are servants to each other. We don't get to sit up here in our little chair and boss everybody around. That's not going to be an effective leader. Because as you guys said, it made you feel really bad. It made you feel like he didn't care, right? Now, a little practical application, because I know sometimes whenever, especially, I know I, I've, I'm bad about this. When I teach, I tend to use practicalities and it's like an overall lesson that I want you to get and then I expect you to go home and apply it to your situation without me giving you an example so that's my fault but I'm going to try and do better about that today the practicality is is that you have to work you have to serve so many of you are working in the church already, whether it be playing the drums, singing, media, any of that, you guys are working in the church. So right now, you guys are kind of the ones that get bossed around, do this, do that. But one day, Nadia, you may be lead sound person. I don't know what you would give that, that person's title. Sister Nikki, er, Sister McKenna, you may be where Sister Nikki's at, leading worship. That may very well happen. Or Olivia may be there. Brother Austin may become the next Philip. And who, if y'all don't know who Philip is, he's really good at the drums, which I can say that because he's our cousin. But anyway, 
The point is, is that where you are right now isn't where you're going to be in two years. So you have to adopt this mindset that I am going to be a servant. Whenever I become the worship leader, I'm not going to boss people around and tell them what to do. I'm going to work with them, help them find their part. Because I know Sister Nikki will tell you she doesn't always know exactly where the part is, but she works with people. And that's what I love about her ministry is because she's never exalted. She never exalts herself up here. She's always right there with you, making you feel like you're equal to her and willing to help you and carry you along. And that's what the body of Christ does. We carry each other. We lead people to Christ. So that kind of segues into my fourth point. Don't be a leader using your words which that's what Brother Gage showed us up here. Him telling people what to do with his words was not necessarily effective. Yeah, maybe it got the job done, but it made the people around him feel bad. And as a leader, that should never be our goal. We never want to make people feel bad. My, the last point up here, I think that it's very important um, because a lot of times we, we praise people when they do good stuff. And when, when leaders say, you know, like, oh, I'm leading this outreach team and we brought five pe new people to church. That's great. And a lot of times they get rewarded, they get praised for that, and they use their words to say, you know, I'm, I, look how great I'm doing. Look, look what I did for the kingdom. But what you do in private is more important than what you do in the public. Because there's a verse in Matthew chapter 6, verse 2. Therefore, when, and Sister Nikki's read this verse before, and it really stuck out to me that they, I'm going to just skip to the end of it. They, that they may have glory of men. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. This is talking about people who are, are doing things for a show. You know, look how much I fasted. Look how much I gave. Look how great I am. And that's it. That's all you're rewarded with. You're going to die because everybody's going to die one day. Let's get real, right? And that's going to be all that you have to show is earthly praise. I don't want to get to that gate and God say, all you did was put on a show for people. He, I want him to say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. I want to be that person who's saying, I'm not in this for the glory. I'm not trying to lead so that I can get the fame. I'm not trying to lead so that, you know, I can make myself look good or people can say, oh, Sister Hannah, she's such a great leader. Because that's not true. But you know who does deserve the glory is my God, who's brought me from somewhere. He's done so much for me that you guys don't even know. And everything that I do in the church or everything that we do for the kingdom is because God has done something so great that I, I'm in debt to him. A debt that I can never pay. No matter how far up in leadership any of us go, there is a debt that we can't pay to God. He died for us. He shed his blood for us, and the least that I can do is be a servant. So leadership looks like servanthood. 
my last point, I think, is my number one most important point. You can flip to it. Okay. This is a point that many, uh, in my opinion, many leaders overlook, is that we rely on our own abilities. That I mentioned this earlier, that God gave us. Like I said, God crafted us and gave us talents. He gave us abilities. But we often rely too much on those abilities, and we don't rely on the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost needs to operate wherever you are. I cannot stress that enough. If you guys want to be a leader, or if you guys want to be someone who people look up to, maybe you wouldn't necessarily say, yeah, I want to be a leader, but maybe you have people that look up to you like at school. Because I, I know you have friends at school, right? Who has friends at school? Pretty much everybody has some friends at school. And the reason that you're friends is because your interests are similar or your behaviors are similar. There's something about that group of people that attract you together. And when you're in a group of people, it's natural for someone to, to lead, to be the leader, who pattern, who the rest of the group patterns their behavior after. I don't want that to be, or far too often in my friend group, I wasn't the leader. And I was the only one in church in my friend group at school. Far too often, I wasn't the leader. Now, I had a good group of friends. I did. Who's in band? All my friends were in band. I was never in band, but all my friends were in band. So I had a really good group of friends who they didn't talk dirty and nothing. They didn't do anything bad. They, would, they didn't party. They didn't drink. They were, good, they were good people, and that's why I hung out with them. But far too often, I just blended in. I think it was a point on one of my other slides, but if your goal is to just fit in or if your goal is just to, like, fall in line with everything that, that other people are doing so you're not noticed, and I know that's probably pretty easy for those people who are introverts, but you're doing yourself a disfavor by not relying on the Holy Ghost to lead you in your, friends group, in your friend group because your actions will lead them to Christ if the Holy Ghost is operating in your life. There's no way that they won't recognize that God is living inside of you and doing something different in your life than everyone else's if you rely on the Holy Ghost. So in high school, I wish that I would have done that. And I'm hoping that as I know school just started, but as you're going back to school, I'm hoping that each one of you desire the Holy Ghost because we aren't capable. We can never save someone based on how good we are at fill in the blank, like my last point. My, I can't save someone by playing the piano excellent or singing excellent or teaching excellent. Me talking up here today won't save you. Your relationship with the Holy Ghost will. And that's what we try so desperately to get you to understand is that we need the Holy Ghost. We need it more than anything, more than life itself. Now, I do think there's one point. I'm almost done. Um, I don't know if it was on this slide or not, but it was a really good, it was a point that I wanted to make. Um, and it reminded me when I said um, you should be the same person in private that you are in public. It goes for your decisions, too. Uh, being a leader is not just about what you do in public. It's not the decisions that you make in public when everyone else is around. Whenever you are in private, in your home, in your room, maybe the door is locked, no one's, maybe no one's home, 
and decisions that you make right then will affect the type of leader that you become in public. So every decision that we're making should be made with the fear of the Lord. And I don't mean that to scare you. It's just that every action that you're taking is building you, building you. I wouldn't be the same person that I am today if I would have went to a different college, if I would have went to Bible college instead of UCA. Now, I'm not saying that UCA is better than IBC because that's what I chose. I'm just saying that every decision that you're making is leading you toward a certain point, and any decision that you change will make you a different person. Does that make sense? So be careful of your actions. Everywhere that you go, when you think no one's looking, God's looking, and he's there, and he wants to take us not not you guys, us as a group, to a place where we are effective leaders, where we rely on the Holy Ghost, where we realize that it's not our abilities, but it's the Lord. And we want to submit ourselves to him. So I want to recap the five points. Does anyone remember what my first one is? What about leadership? <gasps> you put it up there. Okay. Yes. Good. I'm glad you wrote them down. The first one is it's not about your title. Remember, just because you're a pastor doesn't mean that you're a leader. Our our pastor is a leader. Remember that. But make you a leader based on your title. Two, you are a leader. You are a leader. Three, submission. You need submission. Submission to the Holy Ghost, submission to your spiritual leadership, like your pastor, your youth pastor, our elders. And four, don't lead with your words. People will not follow you based on you bossing them around, being bossy. And five, finally, rely on the Holy Ghost, not your abilities. So thank you guys for listening today. I'm sorry if I didn't deliver it very well, but thank you. Amen. All right. Well, we want to dismiss in prayer. and Thank you, Sister Hannah, for that lesson. That was because we all need we all need to be leaders. Right. Because that's what the kingdom of God requires servants, which servants in God's kingdom are leaders. Right. Servant leadership, submitting ourselves one to another. Right. And Brother Thomas and Sister Hannah are a great example of that. Right. They lead Bible quizzing, but that's not because they get a lot out of it. I mean, other than the blessings of the Lord. But who benefits from Bible quizzing are the people that they lead in Bible quizzing. You understand? So it's servanthood. That's what Sister Anna was talking about, servanthood. And we need everybody to have the attitude that I'm here to serve. I'm not here to perform on the drums or on the platform and singing. I'm not here to exalt myself like she said. I'm here to serve. And if you're not servants, you can't be leaders. Right? So I want you to bow your heads and I want you to pray that way. God... We need a revival, Lord, of servant leadership in this youth group. God, I pray that you would begin to speak to young people right now, God, about your calling on their life to be servants and to be leaders. 
And God, I pray, Lord, that you would just begin, Lord, right now to talk to some heart, some life, some young man, some young lady, God, about what you want them to do and who you want them to be. Help us, Lord, all to be servants, God, to submit ourselves one to another, to bless the kingdom of God, to bless your work in this last day so that we can be the youth group that you've called us to be because, God, we want to be a part. Well, we know you'll use somebody else if you're not going to use us, but we want to be a part of the revival that you have in this last day. So help us, Lord, to grow in our leadership, to grow in our servanthood. And we give you praise and we give you glory in Jesus' name. Amen.